everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Evan Hoover and Mike Valverde. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I, I like the fact that it's Friday. We're uh, getting closer and closer to football season, so that's always good. The next Friday that we talk, we will be reviewing Thursday Night Football. How does that make you feel? Uh, that's great. I, I'm I'm so desperate for some some football. It seems like because there's no live action going on that it seems like it's months and months away. Mm-hmm. But it's one week away. We get some live action football. It's going to be great. I think uh, just to get back into that flow again. I think the referees are going to stink because they, <laughs> they haven't don't. had any exercises going on either. So it's going to be a messy football season for I, I'd say probably the first four or five weeks. And then, you know, pros and referees will get into the swing of things and it's going to really pick up from there. Yeah, I was thinking about it. It doesn't feel like football starting not only because there's no preseason, but because the NBA playoffs are going on right now. Baseball just started. And so it's just it's I didn't realize how much of my annual schedule is wrapped up in sports. So because baseball just started, because the playoffs are, are on right now, the NBA playoffs, I think it's like June. Or July. Like, it doesn't feel like football starts in six days from us recording this. Right. Just, it, it really doesn't. It feels like it's March or something. It, yeah. It it doesn't feel right. And and we had no March Madness this year. So even that big tentpole event was gone. So, uh, guys, I don't know if you know about this. Coronavirus kind of disrupting. Seems, uh, seems like this is something more people should talk about. How it's a little uh, messing with society a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you, you mean you mean COVID nineteen that thing? Yeah, it, it kind of just really puts a, a damper on on sports for sure. Yeah, kind of wild. Uh, Evan, how are you doing today? I am getting by. Sorry, that just lets you know how wild my day is. Yeah, school started, so that's that's rough. Yeah, so pretty much every time I throw it to Evan, there will be a delay because he has to take it off mute. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, unless you want Magic School Bus in the background violating yeah. copyright issues. There you go. Um, so uh, what t- today's episode is is it's going to be our last main feed episode um, for the preseason, and we will be going over. We're going to be planting our flag on guys, guys that we kind of want to say these are our guys. Put dibs on them so that um, if they do well, we can. Uh, do some victory laps, and if they don't do well, we can just kind of forget this episode ever happened. Um, this, I say that it's the last main feed episode because we do have a Patreon feed at patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. It's three bucks a month. You can get in there. We will be on there during the regular season on Tuesday and in the main feed on Friday. So if you haven't listened to this podcast in the regular season before, what we do is every Tuesday in the uh, – I'm sorry – uh, every Friday in the regular feed, we ask questions about the games that we want to see this weekend, uh, things that might be actionable in fantasy football. Basically, what are we looking for? And then on Tuesday in the Patreon feed, we review the answers to those questions. So that's what we'll be doing this year. Um, I won't be actually asking questions this year because I'm going to be kind of filling in the gaps because we did realize that if you listened last year, we did kind of miss some things with that format because uh, if we weren't asking the right questions, we weren't getting the right answers. <laughs> so there was some stuff we missed. So Evan and Mike are going to prepare questions for us every Friday, and then we'll be going over those questions every Tuesday. And again, questions and preview will be in the main uh, feed and the answers will be in the Patreon feed every Tuesday for you folks. Um, again, like I said, patreon.com slash football absurdity. Um, if you want to go ahead, and get a draft kit. Uh, I updated them on Friday 
September 4th. That was the last one. You can either sign up for Patreon. You can sign up for FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash FootballAbsurdity. Uh, make a deposit and send us proof of that to FootballAbsurdity at gmail.com. Or you can sign up for 4 for 4 promo code BEERSHEETS. And again, send us that proof and we'll get you a draft kit. Um, if you want to join the discussion, you can join at uh, tiny.cc slash F as in football, B as in ball, absurdity. That link did have to be updated because our permanent link wasn't quite so permanent. So it's tiny.cc slash FB absurdity. And let me do one last bit of housekeeping before we get this started. New patrons. So our Patreon patrons, we want to thank the following folks for helping this engine go. We've gotten a lot in the last couple of weeks. We did miss last week's episode. Uh, my wife took a little bit of a spill. Um, she is okay. Uh, she gets to steal my line now that there's nothing a doctor can do about a bruised ego. Um, so new patrons are Kiko D. Thank you very much. Tuj2. That's T-O-O-G-E-2. Thank you very much. Drew P. Thank you. Colin S. Muchas gracias. David V. Thank you. Thank you. Henry V. Thank you. And Ricky I, who signed up today. Donka. Thank you guys for joining the crew. We will be here for you every Tuesday. And um, all of our patrons do have access to an exclusive channel, uh, Instant Advice, where we can help you guys out with any questions you have pretty much instantly. Uh, Evan, are you hosting that uh, that uh, Twitch draft tonight? Yep, it'll probably be our last one. And I think we're going to try and see if we can get a two-quarterback one going. All right, so that's going to be 6 p.m. Pacific every Friday. Uh, well, not every Friday because it's the last one at twitch.tv slash footballabsurdity. And um, this one is co-hosted by Waleed. All right, so guys, like I said, today's Plant the Flag episode. Um we got a lot of news to go over first. So I'm going to run through some things. We don't have to talk about everything, but we got some big news items we got to talk about. We got to talk about Leonard Fournette. We got to talk about this Adrian Peterson getting cut today. We got to talk about Alvin Kamara, Lev Bell issues, Joe Mixon's thing that happened. But we got a lot of stuff to go over. So I'm going to kind of do these in groups, and then you guys jump in if you want to jump in, because there's a, like 30 news items to go over this week. So Kenyon Drake was in This is This is the good, okay? Uh, Kenyon Drake is out of his walking boot. He missed about a week. Nobody seems to want to talk about that. The last we heard was that it was precautionary, and then he missed about a week of practice. Get Chase kinda, Edmonds. Thank you. I was going to say, kind of weird. This is bumping Chase Edmonds up my board. So, Mike, yeah, you, I, I'm glad that your instinct was to get Chase Edmonds, too, because uh, Drake hasn't played a whole year, like a full year of starter snaps yet, and he's already in a boot. So that's definitely not good. Um, Josh Gordon, one year, $1 million with the Seahawks. He's still suspended. Uh, irrelevant. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Irrelevant. Uh, Devin can, you, Singles- can you legally, like within the rules of the league, can you do that? Can you sign a player who's suspended? Because they can't, they can't come to the meeting rooms. They can't come to anything. Okay. It felt like it was a little bit shady to me. I mean, you can get their rights. That's the, it's, it's not shady at all. I mean, there's no difference between that and somebody that's on a roster getting, uh, susp- or suspended financially and, and, and salary cap and 53 man roster wise. It's just, they, they agreed to him with him that if he gets reinstated this year, he's a Seattle Seahawk and they paid a million dollars for the, that right prorated to the number of games he plays. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Devin Singletary's fumbles could give Moss a running back one role. That's Zach Moss up in Buffalo. Lamar Miller is activated from the pup, but he might not make the 53 man roster in new England, which would be, uh, pretty weird considering how much we all freaked out about Lamar Miller. Um, 
If if Lamar Miller doesn't make the is cut, um, even though he's just got active for the pump, that that is good news for Damian Harris. So look for that. If if Miller does get cut, this is looking more and more like a Damian Harris kind of role, more so than Sony Michelle. Yeah, and let's jump ahead really quick. Damian Harris with has a hand injury. He got minor surgery on his pinky. He could miss week one. If so, I agree with Mike. If Lamar Miller's out, uh, Harris is a good stash. Um, he might not start off strong because of his hand problem, but um, I agree with Mike. He's a good stash if there's no Lamar Miller. Because Sony Michelle sucks. Um, all right, next one, Mike. Your boy, Jonathan Taylor, is a candidate to contribute in the passing game per the athletic Stephen Holder. Um, I've been a big Naheem Hines proponent, but this could throw some uh, cold water on that. Um, if Jonathan Taylor gets the passing downs rule, um, do you do you finally see him taking more from Marlon Mack? You've been a Marlon Mack holdout. Okay, number one, Jonathan Taylor is someone who can catch the ball. Uh, Marlon Mack is someone who's going to ca- can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. But neither one of these running backs are neither Taylor or Mack are. And the Naheem Hines kind of receiver out of the backfield. So will Jonathan Taylor contribute to the passing game? Absolutely. Will Marlon Mack contribute to the passing game? Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, so it's not going to, I don't think it's going to change much. I just think it's just one of those tidbits that say, okay, Taylor will contribute because he's going to catch passes and Mm -hmm. that's the way it's going to be. I honestly do believe that Jonathan Taylor is not going to just be, a one-man show this season at all. I do believe it's going to be um, a one-two punch with Mac and Taylor because even though they are both similar, they do offer different things. Mac is around the end kind of runner. Taylor is between the gaps kind of guy. Uh, mm-hmm. So whatever the offense is dictating, that's what you're going to see. Therefore, it's going to be one-on-one. Naheem Hines is going to be the third down guy out of the backfield. So, yeah, it, it doesn't mean much to anything. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Paris Campbell back from IR. He was in a car accident, had a minor concussion. Um, he's a he's a sleeper guy this year for the Colts. Denzel Mims returned to practice. Chris Herndon returned to practice. That's the good. All right, you guys ready for the bad? Uh, it made me very sad that the bad list is much longer than the good list this yeah, this, right? this time around. <laughs> uh, Tyrell Williams, wide receiver for the Raiders, to IR with a torn labrum. Uh, this bumps up Brian Edwards. It really bumps up Henry Ruggs for me because I always saw Tyrell Williams as a much inferior version of Henry Ruggs. Um, I call Ruggs a superpowered Tyrell Williams. So I, it, it bumps up t- Henry Ruggs more for me than Brian Edwards, but I was already kind of high on Edwards. Um, Patriots released Mohamed Sanu. Jalen Rager has a labrum tear and is out four weeks. It's much less than Tyrell Williams's, who's missing the season. Alshon Jeffrey hopes to return in mid-September. I hope to win the lottery. Um, AJ Green hamstring limited to drills. Pause. AJ Green is injured with a hamstring again. Who is shocked? (laughs) (laughs) Someone in the Discord said Burroughs could be good. They might win. We're doing our our Survivor League, and I picked uh, San Diego to crash. Sorry, the Chargers to crash the Bengals. And someone's like, I don't know. AJ Green's back. And I was just like, AJ Green is back? And that's a. Green is never back. Like, like yeah, I'm like when when what? If, when if someone if someone tells me AJ Green's back, I'm auto, I'm automatically gonna think something happened to AJ Green's back. That, that's, that's what I was gonna, gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say AJ Green's back. What's wrong with it? <laughs> Mike, when would you draft AJ Green? Uh, depends depends on 
the format, but let's just say three wide receiver. I'm probably looking at him in the mid, like 40 wide receiver, 40, 45, yeah. that kind of range. That sounds right. A bench guy. He's yep. a bench guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Evan, would you throw a dollar at him? Technically, yes, but he's on my middle of the auction list to throw out there to get money out of the pot. So it's never going to be for a dollar. So he's on your make somebody else waste yeah. the roster with roster space with AJ Green. He's Definitely on that short list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's keep going. Amari Cooper has been limited or a non-participant all week in practice. I kind of feel like this is going under the radar. Um, that we're not talking about this Amari Cooper problem. Um, I only saw it because I literally go through every single uh, piece of news on Roto World to build this. I'm not seeing anybody talk about this. This is kind of concerning. And for me, Amari Cooper has always been overdrafted, so I never have him anywhere. But um, it, they said that it's preventative measures, um, just something to keep keep an eye on, I would say. Um if you're going to draft Amari Cooper, this isn't going to stop you. <laughs> uh, KG Hamler. It, rookie- could, it could drop him. Right now he's going for, he's he's listed for $27 and going for $17 on average. That could what? drop him right past, uh, uh, the wide receiver twos fall off. Yeah. But he's a wide could, receiver one, I thought, in by by average price. Three, four, nine, uh, 15th. Okay, wow. Okay, so that's different than his ADP. That's way different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver 15. Ooh. Yeah, so he might actually present a little bit of a value in auctions then, because in in Mike we had the same reaction, right? He's a wide receiver one by ADP. Oh, for sure. He, yeah, top twelve. I mean, anywhere between eight and ten usually yeah. where he goes. So. Yeah, so that's pretty wild. So, um, hmm, maybe we should have been paying attention to this beforehand about average yeah. uh, auction price versus average draft position. Yeah, but, if you um, spread spread that news around before your auctions, man, getting him for seventeen is just a coup. That is a steal. 17 bucks for Amari Cooper. That was a record scratch. I was ready to roll over this Amari Cooper news, but yeah, that's a record scratch moment right there. Um, all right. So KJ Hamler, rookie wide receiver for the Broncos might go on the IR. He's got uh, lower body stuff. Deandre Swift still banged up um, again, lower body stuff and it quote could cost him snaps. Um, this here's the thing about this Deandre Swift injury. And Mike, I want to get your opinion on it too. Um, it doesn't matter to me. It could cost him snaps to start the season, but I I am drafting DeAndre Swift with the idea that I'm not going to use him in the first four weeks while Carrion Johnson goes out there and gets himself hurt, and then it's DeAndre Swift's time. So him being banged up and missing snaps the first month doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I, I agree because how many how many how much uh, volume are these rookies really going to get without? having the the real time the real action without preseason mm-hmm. and just going through you know minimal drills and those kind of things that they they really need the that preseason so all rookies because of covid are going to have some kind of slow start to them so when looking at this this could actually kind of be good news for deandre swift because he's not going to get that volume anyways and that this will keep him from you know extending himself and with less snaps. So when week three, week four kinds of slowly rolls around and carry on Johnson is being carry on Johnson being injured and that kind of thing. Deandre Swift starts to move up with, with more volume and more carries. He'll be even more healthy. Yeah. He's yeah. an even better auction buy than Amari Cooper. He's going for, he's listed for 23. He's going for an average of under $9. Jesus. And that's almost, that's almost low enough for me to work him into a bench slot. You know, especially if he's injured and that with an injury that, like you said, does not matter at all. 
Yeah. And and Mike, to your point, I have been beating the drum for Cam Akers for months now with the understanding that Cam Akers, I'm going to look stupid probably all of September. Probably weeks one, two, and three, it's going to be a lot of Malcolm Brown and a decent amount of Daryl Henderson um, because of exactly what you said. All these yep. rookies are going to start slow. Yep. I have I have I have Cam Akers everywhere, and I'm not starting him anywhere in Week One versus Dallas, even though it's a good, it's probably going to be a good matchup. I haven't really die. I I don't remember off the top of my head if it's a good matchup. Look, I've been in preseason mode, okay? Um, but I think it's a good matchup, and I don't I'm not starting him anywhere. Um, yeah, I I would I would not start any any rookie that is going to share time with any other running back and places like with as you're saying with Akers and Henderson. And Malcolm Brown, that's an obvious uh, share of the load for the first three or four weeks. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then after that, then you're going to really start seeing Akers start carrying more and more and more and getting that volume increased while you'll see Malcolm Brown and and Henderson taking more of a backseat. So just be patient out there with with your running backs and your your rookie guys and then, you know, watch them slowly increase their, their volume as the season wears on. Yeah, and um, I mean, not to brag, but uh, I I don't know when I'm gonna be able to start him in this Yahoo Pro League that I did. Um, you know, I started off with uh, let's see, who are my starting running backs? Uh, uh, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, and then in the flex I have uh, Saquon Barkley. So I'm not really sure how um <laughs> how I'm gonna fit Cam Akers into that lineup. I just wanted yeah, to... no doubt unless someone gets hurt. Yeah, I just wanted to flex that a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I intentionally put Saquon in the flex just to make it that 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 yeah. much worse when my opponent looks at my team <laughs> and be like, all right, all right, all right, Saquon in the flex. <laughs> so that all right, intimidating outlook. God, yeah, his team is so stacked that he has Saquon Barkley in the flex. That's right. I hope everybody looks at the flex first and doesn't look at the rest of the team. So all right, let's get back to the news rundown real quick. Derwin James, uh, who is a kind of a safety linebacker hybrid, one of those guys, super safety. Um, for the uh, the Chargers, uh, he's out for the season with a meniscus surgery. Um, that's good. There's two types of meniscus surgeries. Uh, there's like repairs, which get you back sooner, but they can blow out your knees. They shorten your career. Or there's full repairs, which um, knock you out for the season, but you pretty much return to form. Um, I see this a lot in the NBA, this type of thing. So I knew exactly what was going on. That, mean, that kills IDP outlook for Derwin. I mean, Derwin James, because he's such a monster for oh, IDP dude. players. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah, he's uh he's like one of the top IDP guys. He's amazing. I, I loved I wanted the Niners to draft Derwin James. I'm still salty about it. We got Mike McGlinchey, who's a key to the running game, but I, I can't be mad, but I can still be salty. Because I wanted Derwin James so bad in that draft. Um, Damian Harris, we already talked about him, could miss, miss week one. Brashad Perriman has missed a week with knee soreness. Everybody on the Jets is hurt. I don't know what to do there. It's I, I'm starting to go hands off except for Chris Herndon. I would take a flyer on Chris Herndon. Uh, Carson Wentz has a soft tissue injury. That's all I've seen. Um, they're probably keeping him on bubble wrap uh, because he gets hurt all the time. Brandon Cooks could be eased into um, snaps and everything this year because um, he hasn't gotten a lot of run in practice. Uh, he's one of my guys that I uh, he's one of my flag plants that I made this season. And um, I am going to uh, be OK eating, you know what, for the first month, because I think he'll turn it on later. Uh, Cardinals cut Hakeem Butler. And then, Mike, would you like a moment of silence? Sure. Why? What's up? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, fresh off of signing Leonard Fournette. This morning, 
they put running back Darwe Ogunbowale on waivers. What? They cut Ogunbowale? They cut your boy, Mike, Darwe Ogunbowale. (sighs) That's a tough one. I I saw the writing with LaShawn McCoy and then Leonard Fournette, but yeah, it's time to move on. He could have... I didn't want to put it into the ether, but before they signed McCoy and Fournette, I had a vision of my mind of Dion Lewis. Tom Brady, you know, loves to dump off to that running back, and that could have been Dare. But I, I think that was the plan in the very beginning, and then it it sort of just tapered off with LaShawn McCoy being able to take over third. And then as mm-hmm. soon as they got Leonard Fournette, when you only can do when you're a one trick pony and you have Leonard Fournette and <laughs> and uh rojo it's yeah it's time to say goodbye yeah i mean uh shady mccoy is washed at this point mostly washed um Fournette, we still don't know if he's good or not that's what's crazy he was a top four pick and we're still not we're still arguing about whether or not he's good but i mean both of those guys have a higher talent floor than dari dari does dari was a pretty much a pass catching back almost exclusively and um you know they the math just didn't work out there but he's gonna he's one of those guys he's gonna catch on somewhere mike so we can talk about dare again at some point <laughs> I, I would like that i would like to see i i'd like to see dare uh, get it get somewhere i mean he can catch passes out of the backfield one of the best but yeah it's you know they're gonna have to find room for him somewhere uh some team that needs a pass catcher yeah it's not great so um i'm gonna do the miscellaneous uh we'll skip the drum beats i don't care about well actually drum beats uh good things in camp have been heard from a lot i've been seeing a lot for uh blake jarwin tight end for the cowboys cd lamb wide receiver for the cowboys uh jj arthago whiteside wide receiver for the eagles van jefferson wide receiver for the rams auden tate wide receiver for the bengals and brian edwards on evan who where's brian edwards he's placed for the Las Vegas Raiders, yeah, that's the right. greatest football team in the mighty state of Nevada. Yesterday, Evan was like, because I, I think Evan put Edwards out of his brain because remember he had the foot injury and Evan was like, who's Brian Edwards? What is this? What is happening? <laughs> I was like, dude, he's on your team. <laughs> like my brain like pulled out the Brian Edwards folder and it was just empty. It was just like a cloud of dust rose up. And I was like, w- wasn't there a file here? Yeah. So, all right, let's. We're, news is running long. We haven't even gotten to the big part of the news. All right. Leonard Fournette. I want to hear the impression. Actually, let's start with this. Joe Mixon signed. I knew he was going to sign. Let's just get that out of the way. Alvin Kamara might hold out. I doubt it. There was some stuff going on. Um, more concerning is that he got an epidural in his back, um, but it sounds like that's not super concerning. Um, Washington cut Adrian Peterson. Um, let's do like 30 seconds on that. I think this is great news for Bryce Love. I think this is decent news for Antonio Gibson. I'm still not hyped on him. Um, I heard Jamie Eisenberg say to put uh, he would put um, Antonio Gibson in the sixth round. I think that's way too aggressive on Antonio Gibson. I I for me with Antonio Whoa. Gibson, it comes down to a couple things. Number one mm-hmm. is his usage, mm-hmm. his volume. Um, mm-hmm. As we've seen, we don't really know who this guy is. Secondly, what is he? good at i mean yeah he can do a variety of things but he's not a master of of anything he's mm-hmm. he's a jackknife back so when you're dealing with a jackknife kind of player you're not going to get 
the points on a weekly basis. And when you're spending six round value for someone that is going to be used as a running back, as a wide receiver, but, you know, as far as, you know, getting the volume and stuff, he's going to see the field, but is he going to get the touches? And if you don't get the touches, then what, what good do you say? We've seen that so many times, Paris Campbell kind of player, um, the wide receiver from the Carolina Panthers, same way. It's, I, I expect some explosive weeks maybe from him, but as far as every week use, I mm-hmm. completely avoid it. Yeah, I, I, my, what I like to say about um, Antonio Gibson is we don't know at this point if he's Percy Harvin, if he's Corderell Patterson, or if he's Dexter McCluster. Right, exactly. So yeah. We don't know. Yeah, we, ju- we just don't know. And, and to take a sixth-round uh, flyer on that, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. Jamie Eisenberg said he was his, around the running back 24-25. Preposterous. What? I'd yeah. Rather have, I'd rather have Singletary. Um, uh, maybe Bell has dropped off a, a couple spots. I mean, any of those kind of players I take in a heartbeat over Antonio Gibson. Yeah, and what's funny is I took Antonio Gibson in um, mocks we did back in May in like the 12th, 13th round. And I was like, this guy, he's got, you know, a little bit of a gadget appeal. You know, it might be fun. Don't draft him higher than this. And now we have... You know, well, let's be clear here. An analyst that Evan crushed in a head-to-head competition for best article of the year, um, saying that he's a, a sixth-round pick. So maybe listen to the article, the article of the year guy, and not uh, the guy who lost. Right, right, Evan. He's going for. Well, I can't say what he's going for an average of because that's shifting. But he's listed at six, and I don't think I'd pay more than three for him i don't think i'm gonna get him and i have five auctions over the next five days i'm kind of just gonna cross him out here i my um, mind. i edited the when i did that draft kit edit i put three dollars for him i didn't even ask you i knew it was going to be a three dollar player because i've just <laughs> I've, I've seen into your i've seen into your brain so many times on auctions because what that is is you'll nominate uh, what a three dollar means player means to you is that you'll nominate them hope you get them for a buck if somebody comes back at you you'll throw another buck at them and then give up and that's exactly what Antonio Gibson is. Right? Yep. Yep. All right. Um, so Bryce Love, throw a dollar at him. I think throw a late round pick at Bryce Love because I think Bryce Love's getting the high value, like five zone touches there in Washington because it would be where they are right now. Okay. Think about it this way. They have a second year wide receiver who might be a star. They have a second year quarterback. They have a first year gadget guy in Antonio Gibson. They have a guy who's going to be taking his first snaps in the NFL after being drafted in 2019 in Bryce Love. How stupid would this offense be? Oh, and don't forget Antonio uh, Gandy Golden. Don't forget Steven Sims. How stupid would this offense be if they turned it over to JD McKissick and Peyton Barber? (laughs) They won't know what they have in these in these young guys. So I think that Washington is going to go all young, see what they got. I think they're going to give Bryce Love the shot to be their running back of the future because we know what Peyton Barber is. We know what J.D. McKissick is. Well, actually, we don't because J.D. McKissick gets hurt every 50th snap that he plays. Um, But I think that Washington is going to turn towards the young guys. And so I think Bryce Love is a screaming value right now. Get him in your drafts before people realize what's going on. Take him with your last pick. Do it. Do it. Okay. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, we're running long. I don't want to draft Le'Veon Bell anywhere. 
Adam Gase hates him. He's tried to add Kalen Balazs to the roster to take his spot. Uh, he has added Frank Gore to take snaps from him. I think it's going to be a nightmare to own Le'Veon Bell because we saw full Le'Veon Bell last year, and it was, wasn't that great. And I think that Adam Gase is going to take snaps from Le'Veon Bell and give them to Frank Gore because Adam Gase is a dum-dum. I'm not saying it's smart what he's doing. I'm just saying this is what I see happening from Adam Gase. Uh, Sigmund Bloom of Football Guys calls it, you know, the assumption of rational coaching. You know, you, you can't have that assumption when uh, Adam Gase is involved. So, yeah, all right. I, I do think that Le'Veon Bell, he, he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns just because the Jets offense sucks. Mm-hmm. But it, I do like him. Um, he does have a, a solid floor with his capability of catching the ball. And that's always going to keep him um, at least in the top 20 of, of PPR running backs. I think he has a good floor, but I think that somebody in your draft is going to take him earlier than he should go because of the name. I think that that's what's going to end up happening. And that's why I kind of am off of uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah, definitely definitely don't get him earlier than his ADP. You definitely want to try to get him later than, than you normally do, especially, I mean, I would take him anywhere after the 20th running back. Uh, that, that's pretty much where I would try to land him, but nothing before because it's disastrous if you get him before that. Also, I can't name a single wide receiver on the Jets, so it's not like they're going to do some trickery and open up the middle or something. They're just I named park eight dudes there. I named two of them, both yeah, being either coming off injury or getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, so none of that's good, even if you can name them. Yeah, um, Jameson Crowder is going to get 115 targets again. So, all right, let's switch over. Be, do the last news items here. Uh, Leonard Fournette. We'll call this the last news item. Leonard Fournette cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, added by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's start with Jacksonville, the team he leaves behind, because in our Discord, Superstar, Fake Plastic T tagged me in a post today, uh, 12 minutes ago from us recording this. Ryquel Armstead is back on the COVID-19 list. So Ryquel Armstead was set. Whoa, ho, ho. Yeah, Ryquel Armstead was set Before to get Before Leonard snaps. Fournette left, he licked all his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so he was set to get the snaps. So I guess week one against Indianapolis, uh, Divine Ozigbo is going to get the start and get super smashed into the ground. Mike, it must feel nice to be able to start know that the Colts are going to start 1-0. Yeah, especially when, you know, Armstead, he looked okay last year um, when he got limited time. But now that he's out, it's. That Colts defense is going to really start wrecking havoc, and I, I like it. I, I like starting one and zero. Last year they started off, I think, four zero, and they were like seven and three, I think, at one point, and then disaster struck. But uh, anytime you can start the season off on a good note, that's that's the way you want to do it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of crazy. Um, once everything settles, and uh, you know, if uh, Ryquel Armstead recovers from COVID nineteen, fine, and all that stuff. Um, I expect him to be the lead traditional running back there. But the only guy that I want to touch in this backfield is Chris Thompson in a PPR league. Do you guys have any other opinion than that? Mm, no. Oh. I mean, Chris, yeah, in a PPR league, absolutely. Other than that, there's really nobody there until, mm. you know, we, we see these guys in action and dig, um, signify something else. 
Yeah, and I was when I was looking at this, I saw this as a um like a dime store. I, I wrote that this was a dime store version of the Indianapolis backfield, where you have two guys, you know, banging against each other, and then you have a de- dedicated pass catching back that kind of limits the upside of the other two. But nobody on this roster is even as good as Naheem Hines is. So it's it's like maybe it's a penny store version of the Indianapolis situation. So whatever you feel about that, knock the talent level down, knock the offense down, and then ask yourself if you want to dip into that. Evan, what were you going to say? Uh, Gardner Minshew has been climbing. Yeah. He, I, I've seen him go for need $2. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so he's so, doubled in price. So doubled in price. Yeah. I love Gardner Minshew this year. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, that's a bit of tease for you folks. And uh, dro- getting rid of uh, Fournette and losing Ryquel Armstead only helps my my love for uh, Gardner Minshew. Um, so Tampa Bay, um, we've already kind of touched on that situation when we talked about Dare. Um, but let's talk not about Shady McCoy because he's not starting. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, the best praise that Bruce Arians could muster was that he might return kicks this year, which we already talked about that a few weeks ago. We called that a big oof moment there for uh, for the rookie. But we got Ronald Jones, we got Leonard Fournette. Um, Mike, talk through it. Talk talk it through for me. Well, basically, it's going to be I think Rojo backfield for the first few weeks while Leonard Fournette gets his you know weight, I guess you could say, underneath him and um, sort of uh, begins to learn the the playbook and those kind of things and gets used to the team and blah blah blah. So look for Rojo to, to definitely have a handle on this for the first three or four weeks. And then Leonard Fournette should take over from there. He's Leonard Fournette is a better receiver out of the backfield. Leonard Fournette is a better runner out of the backfield. This, I I really see Leonard, uh, Rojo taking a big step in the backseat once that starts to occur. So mm-hmm. sorry, folks. If you can try to get trade Rojo, I would because it's it's not going to look good for him. Yeah, I would find your Fernet owner and say, hey, you want to lock up this backfield? Why don't you kick me a uh, wide receiver three? See if that works. Because um, I agree with you, Mike. I don't I, I, I Rojo is going to. I So I think your best bet don't trade Rojo now. Wait till after week one, because I don't think they're going to work in Fernet right away and then try to trade Rojo. Because I think they're gonna, you're gonna be able to get to the Leonard Fournette owner and say, hey, look, dude, you know, I, I, you guys, I don't want to deal with this headache. Toss me a wide receiver three, and this can be, you know, whoever wins, you'll have that guy, you know, kind of as a, a super handcuff, and see if that works. Um, Evan, I assume you have no updated auction data on this since it's, it's just gotten settled. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, it's called fantasy football, not get anxiety about Tampa Bay's backfield and make the wrong decision inescapably football. So, yeah, I'm not not into it. Yeah, Evan, that actually speaks to your article that you wrote this week. That was really good. It was the way to win. That was the one step. One thing you need to do to win fantasy football, win all your fantasy football leagues. And it was basically have fun. Is what it is, what it boiled down to. Right. Yeah. You know, I have this I have this. I had this column for something awful where I was kind of giving people advice on how to get through COVID and grief and stuff. And so every, every once in a while, I'll get a, somebody on Facebook who's a reader that I don't know will reach out because they're having a rough time because somebody died or they're just really stressed out about COVID. And I'll, I'll walk them through it and get them to the right resources. And then I'll hop into our Discord and some will be like, guys, I really like Terry McLaurin. Talk me out of him. And it's like, why, dude? The rest of the world is so hard. Just like a prayer and have a good time. Yeah, don't panic. 
don't panic. It's okay. Have fun. Um, so, all right. Anything else you guys want to add about any of the news items? You want to go ahead and move on to our flag plants. Plant some flags. Let's plant some <laughs> flags. So there, it's actually prescient because today there was a thread going around on Twitter, on Fantasy Football Twitter, where, you know, it would be like, plant your flag on your quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end and a rookie and then tag some people to do it and so i did it today and i actually did different players because people in that thread were doing like dalvin cook and like Devonte adams so i'm like okay i'm not going that deep um, my guys are are kind of deeper guys except for one um but yeah if you if you look at my twitter thread and and look at this and be like why does he have different players it's because i was like all right I'll pl- I'll play this game, <laughs> you know. I'll I'll add some shallower guys um, to this, but here on the podcast, we're here to help people. So let's go ahead. Let's plant some flags. So what we'll do is we'll go around the horn. We, we're picking a guy from each position that we want to say is our guy, the guy that we're putting our entire reputation behind. We are going to say if this guy doesn't end being useful for your fantasy team, we are giving you the authorization to track us down and yell at us. You can find us it's, and yell at it's us. It's not hard. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard. The 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 show uh, description has all of our Twitter posts in it, so it's not going to be hard for you to find us and yell at us. So, um, Mike, why don't we go ahead? We'll start with you, with your quarterback. Into which quarterback are you planning on planting your flag? Who's your guy? My guy is, uh, and has been for since beginning of really when people started drafting. And we held our first mock draft, and I got him super late. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he has increased. He has climbed the steps since that time. But he is still going way later than I would expect. Matthew Stafford. Uh-huh. Quarterback 13 right now. Uh, overall 99, uh, which is about the eighth round that you can get him. And, as I mean, you we're talking about someone that's not even going as a starter, not even someone that, that's in the top 12 of quarterbacks. And if you're unaware of his last year because he was missing the last eight weeks of 2019, he was on pace for 5,000 yards and nearly 40 touchdowns. Um, and then it, just going back through his history, he has not thrown under, for under 4,000 yards um, since only twice since 2011. So only twice since 2011 has he thrown under 4,000 yards. The biggest issue with him has always been touchdowns. But as we saw last year, he was on pace for 40 mm-hmm. uh, double-digit interceptions on a yearly basis. So look out for that. But it's not anything huge. It's like 10, 11 touchdowns, which is not something you like. But it's not like 18. Um, And then the good news. All his weapons return. They've even gotten better. They have Galladay. He's going to be even better than he was last year. He's still on on his upbeat. Marvin Jones, who's always solid. Danny Amadola, Saad Hawkinson should be better than he was his rookie year. And then they go and add DeAndre Swift. So his weapons are there. They were the same as last year. They've gotten better. And then I know this stat, you'll you'll really like this stat, Jeff. He was second in A dot and yes. highest and highest percentage of throws in the end zone. So he's chucking it when they get down close to the end zone. At QB thirteen, it's an automatic, automatic play. And I'm planting my flag on Matthew Stafford. I love that Stafford was almost my guy. It was between Stafford, Danny Dimes, and the guy I chose to piggyback on your A dot thing. There are two 
players, two teammates that have over 50 targets last season and an average depth of target over 13 and a half yards down the field. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Stafford chucks it. That's the offense. That's the offense. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, schoolyard offense drop back, chuck it. I love Matthew Stafford here as, 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 uh, your guy. Um, so, and I stayed off of Matthew Stafford cause I thought you might pick him. So I'm glad we did that. Um, so now I'm real, really realizing why we liked our two quarterback team that we drafted so much because my guy that I'm planting my flag in was also on that two quarterback team. We had Matthew Stafford as our quarterback one. Do you guys remember who our quarterback two was? Drew Locke. He was our quarterback three. Oh. Our, our quarterback two was the Gardner Steak. Ah. Gardner Minshew. Now, got to stop you. Gardner Minshew is not the most fundamental quarterback you'll find out there. Gardner Minshew is not the prettiest quarterback to watch out there. Gardner Minshew, his play style is a 99 cent store, ver- 99 cent store version of Russell Wilson. A lot of Gardner Minshew BS out there that happens. I watched a lot of plays of Gardner Minshew this week because I was watching Ryquell Armstead last year and looking at the targets to the running backs to see how Chris Thompson might do. But he's my guy. I have some statistics for Gardner Minshew, who's quarterback 22 off the board, 156 overall, 13th round ADP. Guys, how about this score? Or how about this uh, stat right here? 122.9 passer rating on 20 plus yard passes. So deep shots. 122.9 122.9 pass rating. How does that sit with you guys? I like it. That's number two in the league. How's that sound? That that That's something I would not have guessed, but absolutely. That's Patrick Mahomes because number one is Gardner Minshew with a quarterback rating of 129 on 20 plus yards downfield last season. He was better going downfield than Patrick Mahomes. Now having DJ Tark has a lot to do with that. The fact that he does a lot of schoolyard plays that might not work out this year. Has a lot to do with that, but that's undeniable. Even if he drops down, he was the number one quarterback uh, by by rating on passes on deep passes, 20 plus yards downfield. 13 to one touchdown to interception ratio when throwing into the end zone. He had the second most rushing yards on scrambles last season. He was only 80 behind Lamar Jackson. The difference between him and Lamar Jackson rushing was Lamar Jackson had designed rush plays on scrambles. Gardner was second and he didn't play every single game because Nick Foles was a starter last year and they jacked him around a lot. He has the fourth highest quarterback rating in the red zone behind Ryan Tannehill, Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson last year, the third highest completion rate on 20 plus yard downfield throws, which the only reason I'm bringing this up because guess who number one is guys, guess who number one was last year completion rate on 20 yard throws. Lamar Jackson. No hands. Handsome James Garoppolo. Put some respect on the man's name. He's a good quarterback. When he didn't have to compete with uh, Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew was the number nine quarterback. I brought that up. When Nick Foles was out with his fracture those weeks, and he was the set and forget quarterback one, he was number nine. He started to do poorly when he started to look over his shoulder at Nick Foles, and they started Jimmy jacking him around. He is the quarterback 22 by ADP, and he did all of this with the third most dropped passes in the league. My guy, Gardner Minshew, he is going to smash this season. He is quarterback 22, and he will be a top 10 quarterback when all is said and done. Gardner Minshew is my quarterback. So there's two things. Um, Do you want the good news or the bad news? Hold on. Let me mark this down so that I can delete this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's up? Okay. 
So I'll, I'll go with the bad news first. Leonard Fournette is no longer on the team. Don't care. Well, you know that defenses are going to pack the line of scrimmage to stop Leonard Fournette, which will give time for Gardner Minshew to go deep. That's going to be a problem. Don't care. The good news, the good news of it all is the fact that because there's no Leonard Fournette, yes. then that means that the volume is going to increase for yes. Gardner Minshew. That's and, why I don't care about the bad news. And so you got the good and the bad. Um, and I think, as you probably can tell, they will probably work out as an even Steven. So Mike brings up a good point. If you start Gardner Minshew, I beg of you, do not watch Gardner Minshew play. You will pull your hair out. You will go crazy. But Blake Bortles was a quarterback one for years. Not not every single game, but he was in the conversation of quarterback one for a long time. And he is worse than Gardner Minshew. But Gardner Minshew has the same the same profile where he's gonna he's gonna chuck it up in the second half because Jacksonville is gonna get curb stomped. They're gonna get destroyed. So he's gonna be thrown up in the second half a, I, a lot like Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, who from week seven to the end of the year was the number two quarterback. So there is a lot to like about Gardner Minshew as long as you are not watching the football game because you will go insane. You will smash your table trying to watch Gardner Minshew play. But as long as you're one of those guys that doesn't check your fantasy score uh, obsessively in the morning, put Gardner Minshew in. You'll be fine. He's not playing any primetime games, I don't think, except for Thursday night football. He's not playing in the afternoon. He's going to get lost in the deluge of 10 a.m. games. Just put him in there. Just don't check him till the game's done, and then you'll be happy. If you check him during the game, you're going to get mad. That's my only thing. So, all right, Evan, who is your quarterback? So let's talk about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, start about a lot of buzz about him, right? Mm-hmm. About to start his second full season behind the helm there. He's got a very complete team with a decent running game, good play calling from the coaches. And hey, they just added a top 10 wide receiver, right? Plus, Kyler Murray makes up points on the ground with his feet, runs the ball a lot, right? We're all excited about Kyler Murray. Are you guys excited about Kyler Murray? Uh, I feel like this is a setup. Yeah. Are you excited about him? I feel like this is a setup, but I'll say yes. I'm excited about him, too. And that's where my plant-the-flag player is Josh Allen. That's I knew it was a rope-a-dope. Same deal. <laughs> Same deal. Runs with his feet. Had only 34. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Time out. <laughs> He runs with his feet. Runs with his feet. Can you break that down real quick for me? Man, Neanderthals ain't got nothing on this guy. Um, (laughs) He doesn't go go on all fours like a gorilla. He should, though. Over 500 yards like Kyler Murray rushing. uh, Just got a great – there will be a regression in his rushing touchdowns. He will not get nine. Please don't think I'm banking on that. Uh, He got a top top wide receiver shipped in there. They've got a running game to keep defenses honest. They've got a more complete team than Arizona uh, with that defense. He's not going to be in situations where he's going to have to act too dangerously. Uh, He is going for, let's see, the top six. The sixth highest quarterback is going for just over $8 on average. Then Josh Allen is the seventh highest quarterback going for under $4. That's a gap that's not that four dollars is worth way more than the drop off between say the sixth guy Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen in terms of skill and fantasy production. Uh, I'm all about Josh Allen this year, and I'm hoping 
to get him for anything under ten bucks. I'll go to ten bucks in most of my leagues for him. All right, Evan. Here's a here's a question for you then. I have a keeper league. This is a decision that I'm trying to make. Um, keeper league, three hundred dollar budget. Josh Allen, I can keep for eleven dollars. And it does have IDP, so it's a deeper, a little bit of a deeper roster that I have to manage. So you have like a total max you can keep in terms of players or to, b- b- dollars? Uh, no max of dollars, and don't worry about the players. Okay, yeah, I'd love, yeah. Josh Allen for eleven bucks. So how many teams? Uh, twelve teams. Okay, yeah. All right, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. I'm gonna He's do it. High in there. Uh, it's not going to cost you any resources, and you never know what's going to happen with those keeper leagues in terms of budget. They usually go up higher for desirable players because there's fewer on the board. So, yeah, I would definitely keep it. All right, then I'm going to keep Josh Allen. Thank you. And I'll spend a dollar on Gardner Minshew. All right. Um, oh, and you said he's Kyler Murray. I put on Twitter, uh, 2020's Dak Prescott is Josh Allen, just so everybody knows. That's, my, that's what I'm going to do. All right, Mike, back to you. Who is your... Flag planting running back, the guy that you are going to stake your reputation on. So when we were looking back in the beginning of 2019, there would be no way in the world this guy could be a flag planter. There was just no Damian Williams. Very close. Um, um, Right conference, right conference. So you were close. Uh, Oh, no, I think you took my guy. (laughs) (laughs) I might have. And then. He, uh, this guy finished sixth in the NFL fantasy scoring in 2018. Oh. And then in 2019, he took a big stumble, rolled all the way down to uh, 34th. Okay, it's not my guy. The only reason why he went from sixth in fantasy scoring to 34th was injuries. And uh, now you can get him as an RB20, perhaps, around there. Our overall of a 42, so fourth round, fifth round kind of guy. This guy, Pittsburgh Steelers, James Conner. Ah, you threw me off because you said same conference. Oh, who were you thinking? I, I was thinking, I thought you said same division. Oh, no, same. That's what threw me off. Dude, I love James Conner. Keep going. Keep going. So these are the stats on James Conner. Um, last year, as we know, he, he completely was a bust because people were getting him early in the first round, and then he didn't finish anywhere near that. But in those games he played, he scored 13 or more points in five of his 10 games, including three top 10 finishes. Week two, finished 19th. Week four, finished sixth. Week six, finished second. Week eight, finished eighth. And in week 15, he finished 20th. He continues to remain a bell cow, even though um, the only the only person that they added was Anthony McFarland, who's a fifth rounder, serves no threat whatsoever. Uh, Connor can not only run the ball very well, but he's also a very capable uh, receiver out of the backfield, someone who can catch 50 to 60 passes, even though there'll probably be less volume involved because there is really that injury threat with James Connor. I do see McFarland coming in and taking some volume away from him and those kind of uh, players. But Mm -hmm. uh, this guy, as long as he can stay healthy, could finish in the top 10 of all running backs, uh, maybe even the top five. This guy has that, not only that capability, but the ability to do so uh, because of his floor with him catching the ball out of the backfield 
and his running capability. You know they're going to run the ball more with Ben Roethlisberger at age 55 or whatever age he is. They're, they're, they're going <laughs> to go to, uh, you know, 12 personnel. So to get James Conner in the fourth, fifth round, RB20 around with people like Le'Veon Bell and those kind of guys – could be an absolute steal because James Conner is only going to go up. And since he's going to only go up, that makes him my flag player. Nice. And, yes, I know I stole a fantasy footballer's bit there by saying 55. I don't care. I love James Conner. I also have an option of keeping James Conner in that keeper league that I asked about, Evan, but I am not keeping him because I have I'm, this. I have a point here. In that league, if you keep somebody twice, you have to keep them a third time. I think James Conner will be good this year, but I don't trust James Conner's fragility. Right. So I'm in on him this year. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. Not a great move in Dynasty because of that fragility to try to, to get in on him. Right. Uh, yeah, I I think James Conner, it depends on what I, I'd have to look at his contract. But that fragility, as you mentioned, is he's even through his college days mm-hmm. and up till now, it, it's always been a concern. So, yeah, it's a tough it's a tough one. Um I think he still have, has volume uh, value in dynasty leagues, but it's just, yeah, you can't really trust that injury injury yeah. history at all. Yeah, and and he does have guaranteed volume. I, I'll I'm not going to relook it up because I'm sure it's the same as last year. Since Mike Tomlin's become a head coach, no team gives their number one running back a higher shot at 20 touches in a game, uh, except for the Rams. But they had Todd Gurley and uh, Stephen Jackson. So you. Are you, are you not going to give prime Todd Gurley and prime Steven Jackson 20 touches in a game? I don't think so. Um, but year after year, no matter who the Steelers have, they give that guy 20 touches if they can. Last year became a huge freaking mess because you're not giving Benny Snell 20 touches. You're not giving um, Jalen Samuels. Samuels. Well, you'll give him 20 targets because of that one Duck Hodges game, I think it was, where every play was a dump off to, uh, to Samuels like two yards past the line of scrimmage. Uh, but other than that, nobody's getting 20 touches there. So – um, all right, Evan, I'm very glad that you said that you wanted to go last every round because I have a feeling that if I let you go before me, you would say the player that I'm going to say. Because... Yeah, I've been audibling. I audibled on a quarterback already. This is fun. All right. You're going to have, I have a feeling you're going to have to audible on running back to Kenyon Drake because I am taking Austin Eckler. I'm taking Austin Eckler. He's got the one a we'll say in, um, in Los Angeles. He's got uh, Kelly, Josh Kelly, and Justin Jackson fighting behind him for touches. Neither one of them is going to usurp Austin Eckler without any sort of injury. He's too good. He is a good runner, great pass catcher. He does. He runs real routes. There was a discussion that I had this week about pass catching running backs not being guys that can just put the football into their hands when it's thrown to them. There's route running involved. There's all that. Um, so I am excited about Austin Eckler. He was the highest graded running back last year by PFF when he lined up outside. So that sets him up for two running back sets. That's what they did with him and Melvin Gordon last year. So this means good things for even Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly or just Justin Jackson are kind of trailing behind Austin Eckler here. Um, since 2018, uh, he is number two in catches that went for 15 yards behind CMC. He has the fourth highest receiving yards per route run. Out of all players, that's not just running backs. He's behind George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and Michael Thomas. Number four is Austin Eckler. Uh, 
Highest yards per touch with running backs with at least 50 touches since 2017. Fourth most receiving yards after contact in 2019. And his 290 receiving yards on screens were the second most in 2019 to Dalvin Cook. And I bring that up because Oregon kind of shepherded Justin Herbert along by giving him screen passes to get his confidence up. And if the Chargers go from uh, Tyrod Taylor to Justin Herbert, that means good things for for Austin Eckler. So even if there's a quarterback change in there, I think there'll be more screen passes. I think Anthony Lynn's going to be smart about it. Let Justin Herbert do what he's used to. Because if you've watched Hard Knocks, he's had a hard time transitioning. They did a whole segment on him just not being able to do a snap count properly, you know. So if they're gonna if they're gonna turn to him, they're gonna they're gonna spoon feed him. I think that means a lot of screens to Austin Eckler. So he's quarterback proof this year for me um, in LA. It doesn't matter to me if it's Tarod or Justin Herbert. So my guy, Austin Eckler, he is way more premium than Gardner Minshew though. Um, he is. Let me see if his, his ADP has changed since I put this together last week. So his ADP is round two, pick nine. The 12th running back off the board, pick 21. And I will tell you, I am comfortable with him at any pick in the second round. If you pick at the turn, you can take him in the first just to make a point. Because your one-two doesn't matter. I will take him with any pick in the second round. Um, Austin Eckler in in any sort of half PPR or PPR league. Miles Sanders, the offensive line is going to be a mess. Nick Chubb, I'm starting to think that Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt's going to take more from Nick Chubb than we think. And then... um, Josh Jacobs, I would rather have Austin Eckler because I want to root for Austin Eckler. So I'm comfortable taking Eckler anywhere in the second round. He's His ADP is 2-9, so what that means is in every snake draft, as long as I didn't start with CMC or Saquon, I'm usually getting Austin Eckler. So he is my guy for this year at the running back position. Austin, what the heckler, Eckler. So you're not worried about Jackson or Kelly doing anything there? No, because he was still a top 10 running back last year while he was splitting snaps with Melvin Gordon. So even if somebody takes the Melvin Gordon role, and Melvin Gordon was getting like 20 carries a game in the second half of the year. So even if somebody does that, Eckler has a role in this offense that is still very valuable. He gets lots of targets, which a target's worth a lot more than a touch, especially in a half PPR or PPR league. So even with that, I'm not worried because he he just straight produces. He just straight produces. And, um, you know, I think he was running back. Don't quote me on this. I think he was running back eight in the second half of last year. And that was when Melvin Gordon was back and fully locked and loaded. So um, by being able to take that in the second round, I'll take it. Gotcha. And where if you have to cement a pick on where he's going to finish as far as an RB, what, five, six, where where do you think he's going to finish? Hold on, I'm zenning. Uh, I'm seeing. I, I'm doing the thing that um, that Doctor Strange did in uh, in uh, Infinity War, sitting oh. cross-legged, my head spinning around. I'm calculating <laughs> however bi- many billion futures, and I'm going to say he's going to be running back eight, seven, running back seven, PPR. Holding you to it. You can hold me to it. I just wrote it down. RB seven PPR. And if this was a video podcast, I was holding up my finger one like he did in Endgame, but I don't think he's actually going to be running back one. Um, so that's, yeah, running back seven. You can hold me to that in PPR. Like I said, if I'm wrong, you can come yell at me. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I will get yelled at. 
Um, all right, Evan, who are you going to get yelled at about? If I'm going to plant my reputation into this person, that came out weird. If I'm going to plant my flag inside this person, no. Okay. Phrase it. If, if I'm going to plant my flag about this person, good enough, uh, I, I'm going to want to make sure I hedge my bets with a safe floor. And a real safe floor in fantasy football. Michael Thomas. He's got a safe floor. CMC. He's got that amazing floor. <laughs> uh, although, speaking of CMC, a good way to find a safe floor is if they're pass-catching running back, because you can always round it out with those stats. And this player was among the only six players to average more than 4.5 yards to of, of eligible players played Blue State games. 4.5 catches per game. The other players who averaged over 4.5 catches per game were Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, so four top 12 guys, and the Tariq Cohen, but nobody was planting their flag in Tariq Cohen last year. Come on, people. Uh, and so, my guy, and that's at the bottom. That's just the, uh, the baseline. My guy's Kareem Hunt. Gah. My guy's Kareem Hunt. He's going for an average of $7 in auction, and I have paid up to $25 for him and felt great about it. Uh, he's got the baseline. He would have been a top 24 guy had if you would double his stats from last year. And as you mentioned on your guy, while well, you're talking about your guy, all it takes is one Nick Chubb tweak, and they're ready to rest Nick Chubb because they have the guy who can mm-hmm. fill in for him as long as he needs to be. You get Kareem Hunt in your flex, and you can just forget about it. Every week, he gets that that high floor that you want in a flex, and then he's got league-winning upside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. That's a for a pivot. That's an amazing pivot. Horrible um, human being, but oh, man, yeah, he's gonna, gonna win your league. <laughs> Horrible human being, uh, but can win your league. Yeah, um, RB twenty-four, I believe, uh, last season um, when he played, and that was in kind of what felt like an improvised role. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, I think, is going to do a lot for Kareem Hunt this year. Um, yeah, he's a better he's a better offensive play caller for sure. Yeah, Kareem Hunt being your flag guy is one of the reasons why I will take Austin Eckler over Nick Chubb because that's an it's in a range of possibilities. See, I can't get it out of my head that it's well within the range of possibilities that Nick Chubb is the one B. Does that am, am I crazy for that? It's not outside the range of possibilities. Kareem Hunt didn't forget how to play football. Kareem Hunt was one of the best running backs in the league two years ago. And it's not like he forgot how to play football because he got suspended last year. You know, and he's a more well he's not as good of a runner as Nick Chubb, but he's a more rounded back than Nick Chubb. Yeah, yep. I, I I totally agree with you. I, I don't the the thing that I'm really interested in seeing is like they both have tremendous value, mm-hmm. but with that tremendous value, you're, you're like holding uh, an ace-10, and you're all in with someone else who's all in with an ace-10. And how, how is that going to play out? And so it's exactly that. It's You have two great backs that can that can do great things, and how is Stefanski going to make it fantasy relevant for both mm-hmm. of And I just don't see how that's going to be possible when you have to have, you know, you have to throw the ball, you have to get OBJ involved, or he's going to have a connection fit. And, you you know, you have Jarvis Landry, who's who's constantly, you know, 80 pass. And then you bring in Austin Hooper from mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons. And it, it, it all these revolving parts, and you just don't see two running backs that going to have a top 10 value. So 
Um, he's going to have to figure out which one's going to go with which one, and I think both of them are just going to erase each other. Yeah, I think it's going to pull them both down into the RB, you know, the like middling RB two ranks. But yep. if you're getting if you're getting a middling RB two where you're getting Kareem Hunt, you win. If you exactly. get a middling RB two where you're getting Nick Chubb, you lose. Exactly, because you're spending more money now getting a Nick a Nick Chubb where you're spending less money to get a Kareem Hunt, and both of them are going to pretty much going to be equal at the end of the season. Yeah, I think the I think if you cover up touchdowns which at this point we're not sure, you know, it's it's going to be week-to-week vagaries. If you cover up touchdowns, you're going to see very similar fantasy stat lines for these two guys in terms of how many points they score each week. Like, Chubb's going to run for more yards, but Kareem Hunt's going to get more targets. So in a PPR, half PPR, I wouldn't be surprised if Hunt ends the year higher than Chubb. But they're both going to get dragged down somewhere between running back 15 and running back 20. And if you pay the price for Chubb, you lose. If you pay the price for Hunt, you win. If you're going to gamble in this backfield, get the cheaper piece, is what I'm saying. All right, so Evan's got a hard out in 15 minutes. So let's go ahead. Let's speed oh. up here. Let's get to wide receivers. Um, 45, 45 minutes. Oh, it's 3.30. Okay. Yeah, Woo. yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Let me downshift again real quick. Let me uh, let me take my time. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Football Observatory <laughs> Lounge. We're, we're all laid back. We're not Russian at all. Uh, call us uh, the anti-Vladimir Putin because we're not Russian. All right, Mike, we're up to you. Uh, your next wide receiver or your next flag plant guy is going to be a wide receiver. And who is that going to be? That is going to be. Well, I'm going to go with another Steeler. Actually, I didn't even realize that when I put this down, but it is another Steeler. All right. And he, last year he finished as a wide receiver 40, uh, even with all the garbage at quarterback. And yes, Ben Roethlisberger last year, if you go back to his stats, was garbage even so. Um, he finished with 59 receptions, 680 yards, and five scores. He's a blazer on that field. He runs really good routes, can catch uh, significant passes that are just like thrown out of out of his uh, out of his range. Um, and that is Deontay Johnson, and he's going as a wide receiver 41 overall, 105. So the good news is that Ben Roethlisberger is now healthy and hopefully a hundred pounds lighter than what we saw. Him <laughs> uh, and as we know throughout Roethlisberger's career, he can support two, two or more wide receivers in fantasy. He's done it so many times in his career. So I still think that Juju Smith Schuster has a good chance to turn things around than he, that he did last year, uh, barring any injuries. And I think Johnson makes a good yin to Jim uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's yin. So those two wide receivers I, with Roethlisberger just airing it out. However, the Steelers do have uh, also tons of weapons. Chase Claypool, James Washington, they returned. They brought in Eric Ebron. I am a little concerned that the fact that they're going to go to a 12 personnel, so that that's going to affect Johnson a little bit. But when you can get someone that, with the capability of Deontay Johnson – as a wide receiver 41 and going as late as 105, I think you do it. That's a great pick. That's a good um, sleeper pick. This guy a little bit deeper than we've been going too, because um, you know, Stafford, Josh Allen, Eckler, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, those are kind of higher guys. Um, so that's more of my Gardner Minshew going deep type of thing with Deontay Johnson. Um, and yeah, the Steelers are a wide receiver two factory. They do it all the time, every year, all the time. Um, so uh, very, very good pick there. I like Deontay Johnson uh, a lot. And Evan, 
I have stolen time from you. I've stolen players from you. So I will seed. Uh, you will get to go first for wide receiver uh, flag plant. I will take that. Take that. Uh, that back seat. I'm writing all these guys down because you've changed my mind on like all of them and crossing people out and stuff. I have my big money league auction tomorrow at one. So, uh, all right, my guy. I've been playing it safe. This time, I'm gonna go big. My guy finished as a top five wide receiver last year with a season ticket holder or a guy with a broken back throwing it to him. I know right who now, it is. Yep. Right now, you look at an auction. The top wide receivers, here's what they're going for on average. Michael Thomas going for $56. Devontae Adams going for $49. Tyreek Hill going for $47. Julio Jones, $44. DeAndre Hopkins, $41. But I don't think any of them will be the number one wide receiver. I think Kenny Galladay going for $27 could be the number one wide receiver. Now, I know Michael Thomas might beat him. Michael Thomas probably will beat him. But if he finishes second to Michael Thomas, give me that. For $27, then Michael Thomas for $56 every day of the week. I can go out and get myself a cream hunt and have some money left over for that. Uh, Kenny Galladay is back on his team is better. They have a better running game, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, with the rookies. They're clearly investing in their offense. Uh, his touchdowns probably won't lead the league. Well, no, why not? He did. I Who mean, else is going to score? Who else is going to score over there? Uh, Marvin Jones, Mar- yeah, never mind, never Marvin mind. All right, Jones, he'll he'll regress there. But that's Danny why Amendola ever heard of why, him? That's why he's Geronimo not going to pass. Allison? That's why he'll 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 be the B guy to Michael Thomas in the end of the standings. Uh, I'm playing my flag in Kenny Galladay. You can get him for a wide receiver, a high end wide receiver two price, and he's going to be a high end wide receiver one for you. All right, that's a great um, that's a that's a good call, and I I can't I should have known. Kenny Galladay has been – there's been a drumbeat from you, Evan, about Kenny Galladay. Every day – every day is a Galladay. Nothing? I don't get anything from that? Galladay! Thank Odell, you. Good Dell Galladay again? There you go. There you go. Um, I was going to say, I don't get anything for every day is a Galladay. Um, so, yeah, that's a great pick, uh, Kenny Galladay. Uh, we went from super deep to a guy that – I mean, Evan, you're right. He has number one – uh, wide receiver in his range of outcomes, the number one. I, the, the, somebody would have to be very dismissive of Kenny Galladay to say otherwise. Um, Why? What's the argument against him? I don't even get that. There isn't. I mean, Mike, maybe Mike, you. I, I tend to be very de- declarative, and then you come in over the top with something. Yeah, Mike, I think, you, you, I, you I, can boo Santa I, Claus, dude. Yeah. I I, uh, I I'm like very declarative, and then Mike says something. I'm like, uh, I wish I hadn't said that because Mike's right. So is there? Am I being overly dismissive of the case against Kenny Galladay? I I don't I don't think you're being overly dismissive. It's it's really comes down to two things. The you have you have Marvin Jones and Kenny Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones is such a touchdown maker, but that's where also Kenny Galladay excels at as well. Plus, you're going to be probably looking at more running game from Detroit because you have DeAndre Swift and Carryon Johnson. So you're probably going to see a step back with with just uh, throwing the ball as much as they like to throw the ball playground style, as you mentioned earlier in the show. So mm-hmm. it's I think with Marvin Jones and DeAndre Swift, Kerry Johnson, those going to be more of a running game. Therefore, you're going to see somewhat of a, a step back with Kenny Galladay, but. I don't think it's going to be that much where you're going to have the utmost concern about it. 
So you hear it. Mike agrees wholeheartedly and has no uh, qualms, no conditions. No. <laughs> when, whenever I have a take, I'm like, I'm going to throw it to Mike to see uh, how I really feel about this take. Uh, so, all right. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's go through my wide receiver that I'm going to plant my flag in. And I'm not feeling so great about this flag, but I've been I've been banging the drum for this guy all off season. So it would feel kind of uh, disingenuous to jump ship from him now. I mentioned earlier in this podcast, he is going to start slow. He is getting worked in. People have a lot of fear about his concussions, but they are discounting the fact that the guy across from him has five hamstring injuries in his career and is one of the most injured guys in the whole league. This player I want to talk about before he missed games last year and before he kind of fell off last year had four straight years of over a thousand yards, four straight years of at least five touchdowns. And he did it with three different quarterbacks. Now he's on his fourth quarterback. He's going as wide receiver 35, number 90 overall eighth round pick. It's Brandon cooks. Now, the reason I'm planting my flag in Brandon Cooks is this 8.06. That is being pulled up by best ball ADP that I'm finding. In Yahoo Drafts, where I do most of my drafting, you can routinely get Brandon Cooks in the 10th round. That is as a, a term that I've picked up from Evan, that I've stolen from Evan. That is a windmill slam pick. That is you do a 360 and dunk all over your league by picking up a 1,000-yard receiver in the 10th round. I am not saying that I'm not concerned about his concussions, but for a price that is below like the 49ers DST, you take that every day of the week, especially when your your other consideration is Will Fuller, who in some sites is a sixth round pick, number 82 overall. Will Fuller has missed more games every year of his career, except for his rookie year, than Brandon Cooks missed last year. Brandon Cooks missed two games last year. He did not miss that much time, but we are so worried about Brandon Cooks getting another concussion that we are completely ignoring Will Fuller's hamstring. Okay, and here's the difference. You cannot pull your brain and be out for six weeks running down the field. You got to get hit to get a concussion. Okay, you can. There's no non-contact concussion injuries is, I guess, what I'm the way that I'm putting it. So they can scheme around Brandon Cooks. And his his potential concussion, and they can get around they can get around that. You can't get around how fragile Will Fuller is. And to the the fact that Will Fuller is going way before Brandon Cooks makes absolutely no sense to me. Here's a stat. Okay. Brandon Cooks has been inside the top 36 for 57% of his career games. Will Fuller has been outside the top 36 for 64% of his games. There is a saying, Will Fuller will smash when healthy. That is not true. He is a the boomest, bustiest wide receiver out there. Bustiest phrasing, I'm sorry. Um, the most boom-bust wide receiver out there that you can possibly get. 36% of his games, he is useful. But in those one out of every three games, he freaking dominates. Okay. We all remember the 200-plus yard, three-touchdown game, and that's in the range of outcomes for Will Fuller. But Brandon Cooks will be far more useful on a week-to-week basis. He is number four in targets, number four in catches, and number five in receptions on targets that went at least 15 yards downfield since 2017. He is disrespected. He is going way too late because people are overestimating the issues with the concussions, 
and he will finish the year ahead of Will Fuller. It's not a huge bet for me to make because I don't think Will Fuller is going to play double-digit games. I mean, I'm, we'll say more than more than 10 because he doesn't ever. He misses five to six games every single year. So my guy, Brandon Cooks, he only missed two games last year. We're overestimating the issues with the concussion. And I will leave this on one final stat. This is about Will Fuller. I just couldn't figure out another place to put this. Will, How many games, just to put in the boom-bust aspect of Will Fuller, I'm going to turn this over to you guys. How many games in his career do you think Will Fuller has where he finished between wide receiver 13 and wide receiver 24 on the week? So a wide receiver two. Five. Two. One. There is no one. more Will Fuller stat than he is either a wide receiver one, a back-end wide receiver three, or useless. There is no more Will Fuller stat than that. Brandon Cooks, week in, week out, more than half of his career games, almost two-thirds of his career games, he is a top 36 wide receiver. And he's going on Yahoo. You can get him in the 10th round. I'm smashing that every day. Thank you. I'm going to get off my soapbox. He's going for an average of $2.4. Three bucks if you it's round up. criminal. It is criminal. Three bucks. You, I spent $3 accidentally on Greg Zerline last year, okay? And you, and you could have Brandon Cooks for that price. Is criminal. It is criminal. Mike, do you agree it's criminal? Yeah, I, I really the only the only kind of negative thing I think right now is who I mean, you make your case, but I still think that at any given week it's gonna be Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills, or um what's his name? The guy you just mentioned is gonna be the Fuller. receiver of the week for the did, Houston. Did so. Kenny Stills ever pass his physical? The last I saw he hadn't passed a physical. Uh, um, yeah, they activated. Yeah, they activated him from NFI. Okay. So I, I that that's the only thing I can think of. I, I still think that Cooks will probably lead the team, but it's it's just not going to be consistent. I just don't like I just don't like the consistency there. Yeah. So all right, that's fine. Well, I put in this big impassioned argument between Will Fuller and and Brandon Cooks and Mike comes in and bring makes a good point with Kenny Stills so we all know it's gonna be Randall Cobb getting 125 targets <laughs> it's gonna be uh David Johnson getting 80 and Duke Johnson getting 75 and then we're just gonna pull our hair out because it's not gonna be any of the wide receivers that we talked about it's gonna be Randall Cobb and guys dinking and dunking underneath so um I will let uh you guys start again at tight end Sorry, I kind of had a brain fart there, guys. Sorry. Let's go on to tight end, our flag-planting tight ends. Mike, your last player. You guys already know who my flag player is, and I swear to God, if one of you took him, I'm going to be very mad. <laughs> I'm going to be extremely frustrated with you, and I will quit the podcast. I, I actually thought about doing this, but then I'm like, nah, I can't I can't do that to Joe. I just can't. I can't. Um, I have been, had my flag in this guy since last summer. Exactly, exactly. I was the uh, first person to put their flag in this guy. You were. I was just like, are you kidding me? Mike, what, going to make you sicky? Kasicky? Nope. No, no. But, yeah, it, it, you know, it, I'm, I'm, I'm bought, you know, actually in my <laughs> home league. I drafted Mike Kasicky. That's yes. how much I'm in for Mike Kasicky. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, who is your tight end that you're going to plant your flag in? I think you guys know this as well. Uh-huh. Uh, I do believe so. I've already written it down. And and it's someone I going back to Matthew Stafford, someone I drafted since the beginning, and someone I continue to draft to this day. 
uh, it, it's shocking. Jack Doyle, tight end 22, overall 180. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. It's it's shocking how low this guy is going. Uh, Donald Foyle, Doyle, Jack Doyle, Donald Doyle. Where Donald I... Doyle? Donald, <laughs> Donald Duck? Donald Duck. I don't know. Um, Jack Doyle finished as a tight end 15 last season. Even though he had a battle with Eric Ebron for 11 games, and then he had just the wreck that Jacoby Brissett became, um, even though the offense as a whole plundered uh, with tons of injuries. So now they bring in Phillip Rivers, and he will definitely bring an added dimension. And we know how much Phillip Rivers loves going to his tight end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doyle has produced whenever he's on the field. He's a great blocker. He has soft hands. Even though Trey Burton is there uh, and probably will take some volume, I, I, it's not going to be anything to worry about. You do have uh, a lot of pass catchers. You have Hilton, you have Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman. So it's going to be really hard for Doyle to finish as a top 10. But to say he's a top 22, hell no. Mm. Uh, I, I, I don't see him finishing any, any less than a top 15 player. Uh, even going back, he was a finished 13th in 2016, finished a tight end 13 in 2016, finished as a tight end 6 in 2017. Mm-hmm. In 2018, he was hurt. In 2019, he finished as a top 15. Um, so all day, I'm buying this all day long as a tight end 22 with a potential to finish anywhere between 12 and 15. And as you mentioned, if he finishes anything after a tight end 17, come down, hunt me down, <laughs> unfollow me, blame me, do whatever you want to do. I'm totally open for that. Uh, put me, put me, you know, uh, in a torture chamber. I don't care. There is no way in the world Jack Doyle finishes less than a top 10 17 if he plays 15 to 17 games. Yeah, I'm Mike. You converted like I converted you to Mike Kosicki. You converted me to Jack Doyle this offseason. Um, basically, all you have to do to be excited about Jack Doyle is what I've done with every single Indianapolis Colt. Their superstar all-time quarterback, who I got Mike's hackles raised last night because I posted something about him never going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, he retired two weeks before the season. So you got to do what I did. Take every single Colt, say, sit him down, say, guys, I know you had a bad 2019. I'm going to look past it. I'm going to forgive you. You all get a pass for 2019. You do that with Jack Doyle, there's no reason to not see him as a top 15 tight end. There's no reason. Mike, you laid out all the reasons. It's it's He feels like the new Delaney Walker. You take him tight end, like a, maybe a, a, a lower rent Delaney Walker. Because Delaney Walker, you take him tight end nine, he'd finish tight end four every year. You can take Jack Doyle tight end 15, 16, he's going to end up tight end nine. There's... He's a PPR monster. He's going to be a PPR monster this year. There's a lot of wide receivers in Indianapolis. I don't. One of them is going to pop. Not all of them are going to pop. It's going to be T.Y. Hilton. It's going to be Jack Doyle, and then it's going to be the running backs. That's kind of how I see it happening this year. So Mike, I'm right there with you. I think Jack Doyle is going to be great. And Evan, I'm sure he's going for like a dollar. I don't even have him on my list here. Like, yeah, so if he's getting drafted, it's for a yeah. dollar. I'm not. I'm not seeing him get drafted at all. Yeah. So. Um, so okay. Um, so Jack Doyle is Mike's guy, and uh, Evan will go to you, and then we'll go to me, and then we'll finish up by answering a question 
that just got posted in our Discord, and nice. we will we will answer it on air, and then I will give the uh, the answer to Jets Rock Twenty One in the Discord. <laughs> nice. Uh, Zach Ertz went from 116 receptions to 88 receptions last year, and that's a big drop off. That he's you know he's he's going to turn 30 this year, and Dallas Goddard in his second year finished 10th. Mm-hmm. Among all tight ends among scoring. Now, I wouldn't have thought it possible, but Philadelphia has even fewer targets for Carson Wentz to pass it to. He's going to have to work in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard more. Dallas Goddard's probably figured it out now. It's his third year. I don't know if that corresponds to tight end breakouts, but it can't hurt. Dallas Goddard, 10th best receiver, best tight end last year. Mm-hmm. Better opportunity this year. Where's he getting drafted, gentlemen? Give me a guess. If you or if you sort by auction price, where is he rank among tight ends? Oh, auction price? Yeah. Which uh, is like what what's what's he rated among tight ends if you were doing a snake draft? Eight uh eighteen? Mike. I would say he's probably like there with Jack Doyle, not even like getting drafted. Twenty fourth. Jesus. Twenty fourth. I think I had to pay I'm looking through my auctions here. There's so many now, it's hard for me to go through them at once. I think I had to pay two for him once and three dollars for him another time. And I'm I'm glad they're going to do that tomorrow in my big money league auction yeah there's no safer slam dunk for a top 12 tight end at throwaway bargain bin one dollar price than dallas goddard yeah i i have a hard time disagreeing with that i I really like goddard falls in a tier of guys that i call the lottery the lottery ball tier which i've talked about a couple times it goes from tight end five with darren waller all the way down to i mean it it drips and drabs out into the 20s Dallas Goddard's in it. Jack Doyle's in it. Johnny Smith is in it. Um, TJ Hawkinson is in it. Um, um, who am I missing? Fant, the Fant Hurst and uh, Gesicki tier. And I call them that because you can put their names on ping pong balls in a, one of those old school hoppers. In whatever order they come out, you can tell a story that's plausible that they come out in that order. So you want to draft to the middle back of that. And Dallas Goddard is that. Jack Doyle is that. My guy is that. And that's kind of our philosophy. Let's take one of these guys. Don't pay up for one of the big price guys. Correct, Amundo. You take Correct. that. You take that twenty to forty dollars people are spending on Kelsey Kittle and Andrews, and you you sacrifice. You know, uh, let me see what the stat is. You sacrifice about one point five to two points per game from tight end, and you make every single other one of your positions a tier better. You know, you get a a point or two better at wide receiver two, a point or two better at wide receiver one, running back two, running back one. It's 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 very Obvious from budgeting to not go in on tight end. Yeah, and the reason that you do this is who's the number five tight end pretty much everywhere? Ingram, Waller. Oh, I was gonna, I was saying Waller, but it, it, by ADP, Waller is going before Ingram. Even though Mike, I agree with you, Ingram should be above Waller. Waller is the tight end five by ADP. Mark Andrews is the tight end four by ADP. Were they anywhere near that last year? No. And that's why you don't... 2019 Mark Andrews, 2019 Darren Waller are why you don't pay for 2020 Mark Andrews or 2020 Mark Waller. Uh, Darren Waller. 2020 Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so, yes. So we're all living in this tier. We're all living in this deep guy tier. And if you've listened to one episode of this podcast, you know exactly who I'm going to say here. If you have talked to me about tight ends ever... You know who I'm going to say here. Mike Kosicki, tight end 14, round 10, 117 overall. 
They have three pass catchers in that offense. Alan Hearn, and I'm not saying they have three good pass catchers. I'm saying they have three pass catchers. Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson opted out for the year. Matt Breida, just okay. He might, the more I think about it, the more I think he might have a Tariq Cohen or Deion Lewis role, in which case he is a steal in PPR. Not a bad dart throw there. But going into the year, they have Devontae Parker, they have Preston Williams, they have Mike Kosicki. Honestly, I'm surprised we haven't talked about Preston Williams yet because we're planting flags. But Mike Kosicki, he was the number 12 tight end in hog rate last year. And that number, and what hog rate is, is snaps on the field and targets. So it's targets divided by snaps. So when you're on the field, what percent of the time are you getting a target? He was the number 12 in tight ends last year. That should go up this year. No Hearns, no Wilson. I know, Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, they're not a lot. But there were 109 targets combined last year. That's a lot. That's a lot to lose and to not really add anybody. He, a lot of people like to point out what he was with and without Preston Williams last year. He's getting unfairly maligned with that. Because what you're really looking at for most of that are Josh Rosen splits. Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick were playing this ping pong game before their week five bye last year. And everybody was getting jerked around. Once they benched Josh Rosen for good after their week five bye last year, Mike Kosicki was the number seven tight end without without Josh Rosen. Um, before that, he was tight end 37, 39, and 41, depending on formats. But he's tight end seven everywhere without Josh Rosen last year. They have already said, one of the things they're like, Will Chan, Gailey, tight ends, blah, blah, blah. He, they have already said he's going to be in the slot in three wide receiver sets. So when they are passing, Gesicki's going to be in the slot. And that's a big role to have for him. Um, he was one of the best slot wider, or slot tight ends in the NFL last year. I could not find the stats. I read an article about it. I absorbed the information, but I could not find it. I'm sorry. I wish I could cite it, but I can't find it. He had the third highest tight end average depth of target last year and the third most tight end end zone targets behind Jared Cook and Mark Andrews, who were among the leaders in tight end touchdowns last year. So I think just by taking a step forward in touchdowns, he could be a slam dunk talk to top, uh, top seven, top eight tight end. But if you add in the additional target opportunity for him, I absolutely love Mike Kosicki. I'm going to smash him everywhere. Phrasing. I'm sorry. That's twice today. I'm going to smash draft him everywhere, and I don't really see a reason not to. People like to – the biggest poo-poo thing that I've seen on Twitter about Mike Kosicki is, oh, his broken tackle rate is like Hunter Henry and Jason Witten. I'm sorry. Hunter Henry is what, the tight end seven by ADP this year? Jason Witten was the tight end 10 last year on volume alone? So I, I don't know what point they think that they're making. If he's getting deep balls downfield and he's got to go up and get them, he's not going to have a high, high uh, broken tackle rate. We saw the same thing for while Mike Evans was developing. We saw the same thing for Mike Evans. Mike Evans had was getting tackled as soon as he got the ball because he was pulling worm burners off the ground from, from Jameis Winston or having to stretch out to get medicine balls from him. Mike Isiki kind of the same way. He's not breaking tackles because he's not in a position to break tackles. He's catching the football. So, I got no problem with Mike Kosicki. I have him everywhere. I love my boy. I made a Jesus Mike Kosicki avatar or emoji for our Discord, tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. And he's my guy anywhere and everywhere. And this is the least surprising ending to this episode that we could have possibly had. <laughs> Was me singing the praises of Mike Kosicki. And the, the good thing about Mike Kosicki that I really enjoy is that 
unless you're really serious about fantasy football, you probably don't even know who this guy is. And with that said, that means you can get him later and much later than his ADP is going for. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So there's these there's a drop off. If you're in a 10 team league, everybody's going to fill up their tight ends before Mike Kosicki goes off the board. So he could drop three to four additional rounds unless you got a savvy owner in your league. That's a great point, Mike. All right. Any last things you guys want to say about our flag plants before we uh, help out Jets Rock 21 here in the discord? Uh, I'm excited to review them at the end of the year. All right. Yes. I think we were I think we were right about it. Most or all of ours last year. Yeah, so let's run those through again one last time. So I have Gardner Minshew, uh, Austin Eckler, Brandon Cooks, Mike Gesicki. Uh, Mike has Matthew Stafford, James Conner, Deontay Johnson, Jack Doyle. Evan has Joshua Allen, Kareem Hunt, Kenneth Galladay, and Dallas Goddard. So those are our flag plants for this year. So, all right, this question came across in a in the Discord. We don't have teams or if it's PPR or not right now. Um, so let's just talk pure straight across, just general. So he had was offered Kareem Hunt, Michael Gallup, and Will Fuller. Okay, I'll, I'll go I'll, after I go over these. I'll tell you guys his roster. So Hunt, Gallup, and Fuller, and he would be giving up um, DJ Chark. Oh no, I'm sorry. He would, yeah, he would be giving up no, DJ you got Chark. It, you got it. You got it. Yeah, he'd be giving up DJ Chark, Jonathan Taylor, and Curtis Samuel. Okay, so Hunt, Gallup, and Fuller, or Chark, Taylor, and Samuel. His starting running backs are CEH and James Conner. His starting wide receivers are Devontae Adams and Amari Cooper, and uh, Chark is his flex. So he would be moving from Chark, Taylor, and Samuel in, on his bench to Hunt, Gallup, and Fuller on his bench, and. I I think I would take it. I'd definitely take it. Because Hunt's, Hunt's better than Taylor. Hunt Taylor is not a sure thing. Mm-hmm. And you know I love Hunt. Uh Chark's better than Gallup, but those wide receiver twos, you can just shuffle them around. And Samuel is not a real person to me anymore. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Mike, what do you think? Hunt, Gallup, and Fuller for Chark, Taylor, and Samuel. Yeah, I like Chark a lot less than for uh, that Fournette is now gone. So <laughs> I would definitely pull the trigger because, as Evan said, Samuel's not anything, and you're gonna get. Yeah, I, I, I definitely. Yeah, this is a smash for me right now. Yeah. So you, you said it's a smash hunt, Gallup and Fuller. You want yeah, those guys? I, I would yeah. be I would be saying accept, accept, accept right now. Okay. So I'm I'm in, I agree with you guys, and I think Michael Gallup has a definite shot to end up above um, DJ Chark. He was wide receiver I think 15 last year, um, maybe wide receiver 13 on fewer targets than he's going to get this year, and he's and he's being universally disrespected. I would rather have Gallup than Chark. I'd rather have Hunt than Taylor, and if I'm being honest, I would rather have Curtis Samuel than Will Fuller. But on the on the uh, the whole of the the trade, I would rather have the Hunt Gallup and Fuller side. And I don't even like Will Fuller, so that tells you how good are the other two, I, how much I like the other two guys. So, um, so all right, I think that'll do it. This is our last uh, main feed uh, podcast of the off season, guys. Next time we're back in this feed, we will be talking Week One. Are you excited? Oh, thank God. 
Are you excited? Yes. Mike, are you excited? I'm ready to plant my flag for week one. That's how excited I am. <laughs> I'm going to plant my flag that in week one, I guarantee we will all have a little laughs, a little cries, a little fun, a little anger, because football is back, baby. We will be yeah. back next week. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. If you did not like, I blew that. We're two hours deep, guys. If you did not like what you heard, just subscribe. And that is a bad time to flub a line. So I'm going to get out of here before I jump all over um, myself for screwing up and before I jumble any more lines. So for Mike, for Evan, thanks for listening, and you have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.